Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Tampering. We're this beautiful game of basketball that we all love and talk about every single day. Sam Payne. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. To be able to bring uh-huh. people together. What do you do, baby? Reportedly at the center of an NBA investigation into tampering accusations. And the message to executives in the league is stop talking about players on other teams. What did I do? The charges filed. Impermissible contact. Is right or wrong? Tampering charges are really difficult to prove. You know me, I talk. It's <laughs> <laughs> awkward to even talk about it. I can't even mention teams anymore. Actually, what I like to put in coming to rain. Trial, you want with tampering. They're always ahead of the rules. It's not rocket science. I have tampered with the guys. I didn't tamper. I'm just telling you what happened. I'm just telling you what happened. Hello and welcome to the Tampering Podcast, part of the Athletic NBA Show Network. I'm Sam Amick, host of the Tampering Pod, here with the one, the only, the great, fantastic friend of mine, Marcus Thompson. How are you, sir? What's up, man? A long time no see. Long time no see. Listen, <laughs> we got some stuff to share with the people today. Uh, it is the summer, we know that, uh, the Tampering Pod as far as you know, me hosting has been hit and miss for quite some time, so good to be back, but even better to be back because Marcus and I, without going into all the details, we got ourselves a little basketball fix over the weekend. You know, NBA is not happening. FIBA World Cup is fine. It's fun to watch, but you got to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch these guys out there in the Philippines. But we are going to talk World Cup today just to give you a little preview but first of all, uh, as you know, anybody watching on Zoom can attest, Marcus just grabbed that hat on top of his head. Uh, the crossover tournament up in Seattle, we were there in person, in attendance for the championship weekend. If anybody doesn't know, Jamal Crawford, 20-year vet, legend in his own right, uh, has for years had one of the best Pro-Am tournaments around up in Seattle, uh, you know, grassroots type of stuff that – that gives that city hoop, right? Where they lost their NBA team. And but if you want in the summertime to go see anything from, you know, regular old college players to college stars to guys who play internationally to, you know, a guy that we saw yesterday drop fifty one in the championship game, former NBA All Star Isaiah Thomas. They got a little bit of everything. But man, it was a fun weekend. What'd you think? Oh yeah, man, it was lit. And I, to be honest, let me tell you, there was two two things that I really liked more than anything. I love seeing the college players ball. Like, some of them dudes were good. I mean, I get it. You know, I've seen Jamal Crawford do his thing before, right? I've seen right. Isaiah Thomas. Like, okay, I know they're good. As as remember, And remember I didn't, that, I didn't get Jamal's saying, love. He played. Jamal played. He, he played really well. Uh, remember that? Remember the guy was saying, we know he good. Like, right. make him make sure. Like, dude, we, know, right. we know they're good. Right. It was the rev- it was the revelation of some of these college players. We like, yo, man, who is this guy? Then you look it up, and it's like, oh, okay, I know who he is. Uh, but to me, that was fun. And then uh, the girls' game was great. Like them girls were some hoovers, man. Like I, I, that was fun to watch. Uh, 
quality women's basketball. It was it was higher quality than what I thought. But I man, know, but it now... was it was very old school, right? It was like it was hot. It was no AC. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Using their sweating for some reason, the AC wasn't working. They had this one big fan. Like it felt oh, it felt it felt grimy. It felt grassroots. I was like, yeah, I, I like this. You didn't like it too much, though. You I were, loved you were it. What are you talking about? The heat. The heat was the heat. Me. Yeah, you yeah. bothered no, by the heat. I love the weekend. Um, it it reminded me. I told you this. You know, I spent some time in like 2010, 2011, especially during the NBA lockout. Like the Drew League became my home in LA, where you know you're chasing stories. Like I, I need to write about these guys, and I can't get to an NBA arena anymore. So Drew League taught me the value of <clears throat> getting these guys. Excuse me, outside of their normal workspaces. You know, Devin Booker came by, by the way, and, and he didn't play, but he was there. Uh, yeah. He got to say hello to Devin, talk to him for a bit. And and that is, as far as being a reporter and trying to keep some kind of human connection with the guys you cover, it gets tricky at times when you only see them in a podium, you know, or a press conference setting. And so to go here <clears throat> and have the, you know, the, the fan in the corner of the room is the only AC um, like you said, you're learning about players. You know, we should shout out, uh, you know, Noah Williams from Washington was uh, using the transfer portal now. I don't know what lies ahead for him, but you had this young fellow who is trying to find his basketball journey, but but he was going back and forth with Jamal dropping 50 plus. Uh, guys you've never seen of, you know, heard of before. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, Alex Schubacher. I liked him, man. Seattle is that University. number one? Is that number yeah, one? Yeah, he was yeah. over. He was nice. He was good. Well, he, he was, was remember, and the the trash talk is fun because it's it's like there's what I mean. The, this weekend there was probably five hundred ish people there. It wasn't a huge crowd, good crowd, but like not so big that you don't hear. Not the kind that the you talk. see on YouTube when uh when LeBron, when, like, shows, LeBron up. shows up. Yeah, right. but that that was the added benefit. You could literally hear what was being said. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can choose how much of that we share, but we heard a few things. As far as the talk, you know, and, and Schumacher was going back and forth with IT that, you know, that was entertaining. He was uh, can we to, say the IT? Can we say the IT one? You can. I mean, I, you know, certainly give the, the G rated version of it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Schumacher, who's what he probably was six, three, six, four, he looked, you know, pretty solidly built, not a little guy, but definitely bigger than Isaiah Thomas. So he's, he's trying to post up, he's, he's trying to mouse it house. Mouse in the house, Isaiah Thomas, who didn't even like the notion of him trying. So he, so I, I, you heard it better than me. I heard the back end of it, but he's like, yeah, don't, don't try to post me up. He's like, he said, I've been, again, I'm filtering a little bit. He said, I've been posted up by one dude. And this is kind of deep, to like, be honest. I, I don't, yeah. you know, he said, I've been posted up by one dude in 12 years and he's not alive anymore. And and, and he what talking. he meant posted up because I was like, what does he mean? People post all the time. He meant scored on in the post right. by one dude, right. right? Right. And and the sense we got, and and you know, I'll ask it about this when we talk next. But that that you know, it seemed like I think it was Kobe was who he was talking about. It was close Kobe, Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. and he was wearing Kobe's while he was right. while he was playing. Yeah, and that's just this little thing where you're processing in real time. Like, did he just say what I think he said? You know, yeah. Then we had, you know, uh, I mentioned That's real Noah. ball, Sally. Yeah, Come man. <laughs> Jeez. The last person to post me up was 12 years ago. That's why they need That's to so- give us seats on the floor again in NBA yes, arenas. We, we don't hear any of this stuff. Yeah, we need that. We Well, and then it. even like, you know, I mentioned Noah, for the former UW player, you know, had some really nice moments, productive player, but 
But man, like you know, he starts going at the host of the tournament from a talking standpoint, and and Jamal got pretty fiery. Like we got oh, to yeah. see, you know, oh, Jamal. Yeah. This is my tournament, my floor. You know, he's forty three at this point. You know, you got a young fellow who's trying to grind and find his way. Jamal's obviously got the resume and and uh, and got nothing to prove. But but competitive juices are fun to watch. They never go away. And so to see Jamal start yapping back and telling him. Well, dude, to, to half his age, huh? 21 <laughs> years younger than him. The it, other it was thought, funny to see that. Uh, for me, listen, I covered the hell out of the Seattle-Sacramento saga, right? When the Kings almost went to Seattle. So Wait, before you, before you move that topic, I gotta, yep, yep. we got to shout out Devin Booker, who was incredible to the people. He was. Like he signed every autograph. He took every photo. Like it was wild because it didn't stop. It was with the entire time people were coming up to him. I really, I really got a sense of Devin Booker in that way. I don't know if he's like that all the time, but just watching it live, like he he's was there got for a the people. Really cool good track record. I remember seeing some stuff early in the Phoenix days before. You know, he was a, a very good player, but before he got the help he got now, and they weren't winning games. Where man, they would they would pump stuff out on their social about events with kids, and and there's a kindness that has I think always been there with him that is cool. Uh, not to mention, you now are superstar level, um, you know, perennial all star, and just oh, one yeah. of the best Huge. in the game. And you you're rolling in a crossover. It seemed like you know there's no security, there's no group. Like it was just Devin, you know, with with a, a couple of his you know folks coming with him. So. That was cool, and uh, and again, it's harder and harder on the media side than ever to get those moments with players in an NBA arena. You know, everything is controlled, everything is funneled. You go here, you go there. Uh, so that was refreshing, and uh, you know, the Seattle component again. My goodness, like a few years down the road, I do like everybody else in the league fully expect you know there to be a team in Seattle. Uh, never, you know, we'll, we'll, it's never done till it's done, and, and they get there are a long ways to go, but. Seattle and Vegas are on the top of that list. And you go to the city, which I hadn't been to since 2008 when the, you know, I was the Kings beat writer at the time. And, you know, the, the you know, twice a year trips to Seattle came to an end. And uh, to go there again and to get reminded how much they love hoop and to see, you know, how good of a place the city is in as far as you know, just look around and go, man, how is NBA basketball not here? Uh, ran into Spencer Hawes, you know, proud Seattle native, former Sacramento King, a guy that I covered. Talked to him for a bit about was rocking the Mariners cap and oh, his yeah. t shirt. Yeah, hundred percent. You know and the each old t shirt. He's always worn his cap uh the, you know, all the way back on his head, kind of pointing to the sky, Spencer style. It was really good to see him and catch up a little bit. And uh, you know, he kind of made a comment about how it's just it's still kind of surreal not having a team in town. You got a former NBA player that at minimum would love to, you know, be able to catch up with his guys as they come through town. Uh, you know, and that's not the case. So uh I certainly hope down the road that uh that we have NBA hoop there in Seattle again because the appetite is strong. It just feels it feels more inevitable than it probably is, but it definitely feels inevitable, right? It feels like there's an energy where it's like how how could the NBA possibly just keep overlooking this? Like you know, it's they're not it's a ready made audience. I, I know right. what I'm saying like it feels inevitable, right? It right. feels like, oh yeah, this this <clears throat> is coming, this is happening. But there's a I mean, it's it's plug and play there, right? Like the amount of people who just show up to watch 
you know, which, you know, if we're being honest, it's not high, highest level hoops, right? It's good pickup, you know, it's good playground hoops, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty palpable and like, it's just for his plug and play. It's like, we know, we know how this works. And especially having lost the NBA, you just know, they're going to be far more, even more appreciative of having a franchise. Uh, but once you deal with like, you know, the politics and the money and all that, cause it's going to be. It's going to be big business. Whoever brings whoever brings the Sonics or an NBA franchise back to Seattle will be deified. <laughs> no question. Well, and to Jamal's credit, honestly, and I, I talked to some locals in the NBA community who I'm stealing this sentiment from them. To the, to his credit, he's legitimately filling, you know, a void during this period where the city is dying for whatever it can get Him, and, the, and, and the storm and the storm yeah, and the storm hundred yeah. percent, you know? Um, so it was fun. And I don't know why I, I would tease this without being able to really share it. But people, if you just trust me, if you would have heard this debate that happened after the championship game between Marcus Thompson and Jamal Crawford about best of all time players, um, I should have been hitting record on the phone. Uh, I've known this man 20 years ish. And I, I don't know that I've ever seen him get that fired up. And uh, and that was for me. That's not true. You 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 had a, you you named another situation where I, I was inspired. Were you that? You think it was as much? I don't debated. know. This is how yeah, I am, yeah, man. Once yeah. we get into it, this is this is how I grew up. This is what we do. Like, you know. Well, I'm, I'll paint the picture. We're in a room and we're talking to Jamal. Um, you know, and some of his people in the beginning, it was the three of us and, and the debate begins and it's just, I'm going to just stop by saying and he started classic. it, by the way, he started yeah, it. We don't need to get all the details. It's the greatest of all time. Not that, not at the top. It's some other players. Like what's that debate look like? But it was a three person conversation where I'm chiming in a little bit, but Marcus is getting fired up, fired up. Then you got more folks coming in who were actually waiting to say hi to Jamal and they were just trying to go home for the day, but we're slowing him down. And, and the best part is, <laughs> we I don't know if you've, I've ever seen you more worked up, but the specific thing here is it's one thing to get worked up with me on a phone call like you did this season when we were yelling at each other about Joel Embiid versus Nikola Jokic. It's another to literally meet another human being who you have never met. And 90 seconds later, you are both not in an aggressive way, but you're both in each other's faces yelling about your argument. <laughs> this is sports. That's what we do. Like we could have went on, we could have went on Tupac or Biggie, Prince, Michael Jackson. Like I, this is what and, we, and, and all I'm going to say, anybody who knows me, they know exactly that that was not foreign to anybody who knows well, me. Well, we covered all of it. I mean, it was it was Michael, LeBron, Steph, KD, Chris Paul, all the way down the line. It was just a magic, great conversation. Yeah, magic, Isaiah, uh, magic, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it got into like philosophy, like, okay, do you really think this guy's better or is this just the type of basketball player that, that you prefer, the way you want the game to be played? You know, and you're big on that, like separating the real debate from – you know, whatever your ideology is about the game. And and there was a lot of that in that discussion. Yeah, it was, it was definitely more philosophical. And I like, I do like, you know, teasing Jamal. Me and Jamal have had this debate before, but I do like freaking him on his, his philosophy and ideology. Cause he's like, it's so funny. He's, he's very old school in, in many ways, but also he's like not, I don't, would Jamal like himself as a player? If he was, <laughs> <laughs> didn't sound like it last night. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
It was funny. It was fun. <clears throat> I mean, that's what I like about Jamal, though. It's like you could literally sit there and debate that guy. Right. Right. And then, you know, it's it's all good. Like that's that's what he's gonna do. No, it was great. And I'm sitting there going, Marcus, we're we're gonna miss our flight, man. We gotta go. Let's go. It was fun. All right, let's pivot. Um Team USA is uh and, and this is, you know, true to form having you on the pod. You know, you cover a lot of ground these days, but but Warriors, of course, as always, is is uh your wheelhouse. And we're gonna have a, a bit of a chat on the Team USA front with a, a, a Warriors filter because you got Mr. Steve Kerr coaching the team. You got that group, you know, as we sit here talking a couple hours ago, uh, they just ran through Greece in a pretty impressive fashion. You know, I caught the second half of that game because, like I said, not getting up before 7, but I can catch the second half, you know, once I get up and make some coffee and get some eggs in me. Um, you know, this team is uh, undefeated, and, and it's, you know, it's friendlies combined with the 2-0 and record. So far in World Cup, that's not anything they should take lightly. They were seventh in World Cup a few years, you know, back. That <clears throat> excuse me was a disaster. You look at a team like France that just came and, and bowed out in pretty embarrassing Jeez. fashion. Man, you know, and, I mean, you talk about embarrassing. It's it's like, oh, by the way, good thing you got a a host qualifier, you know, uh, status for the Olympics. I mean, that's the only Facts, reason right. they're getting in. You know. Um, so and imagine you know, you, that embarrassing that would be to not 100%. to not qualify. Yeah. Well, and you know Victor Wembanyama didn't play. Um, you know he's expected to play in the Olympics, so we'll see what happens with them. But Team USA and Canada have separated themselves. Canada is loaded. I mean, they put up 138, I think it was the other day, in 40 minutes, uh, maybe 128 Which in is that neighborhood. Oh, and they shot like 67. percent uh, But this Team USA squad, I mean, so far. Uh, you know, it's pretty damn good for what you would call a B-team national team. You know, I don't know how many, if any, of these guys are going to be in the Olympics. Right now, you know, you look at the Anthony Edwards, the Austin Reeves, guys like that, they are making a hell of a case that they should be part of it. Uh, but Steve Kerr, uh, who was an assistant coach on the gold medal team four years ago under Pop, takes the reins. Uh, and, and you know, I'm obviously not there. Shout out Joe Varden doing great work on the ground for us actually on the covering grind, the team. baby yeah. on the ground on the grind he's he's been just traveling the globe chronicling this team and, and he's written some good stuff about you know steve and that coaching staff with mark few and, and eric spolster and tyron lou um the vibe seems to be great there you know i'm watching the game today marcus and i don't know what steve was reacting to but he and ty during the game late are laughing like the most genuine you know big-hearted laughs both of them uh, at something that was happening with one of their players and you could read steve's lips where he he's shrugging he's saying it, it just doesn't matter and it seemed like they were saying it doesn't matter what the other team does so and so was getting wherever they wanted to go but oh yeah they're having fun man and and he had a quote after the game and then i'll throw it to you here but i thought it spoke volumes um he says this team is amazing to coach I mean, we were just saying in the locker room, this isn't normal to have 12 guys who are pulling for each other every single day, regardless of how many minutes someone plays, how many points they score, every single guy is all in. We're having so much fun every day. This is a special experience, and I'm just so happy to be a part of it. Um, your thoughts on on the Steve Kerr experience with Team USA? What a wonderful recruiting tool for the post-Steph era of the Warriors. <laughs> there you go. I threw the lob and here you come. <laughs> I mean, what what he's happening and look, this is 
this is how Team USA works. This is how it's been worked, right? This the camaraderie that's built here ends up impacting how the league operates, right? And what goes on in the league. And what you're getting is a lot of young guys who have been used to playing a certain style of basketball now being essentially indoctrinated with the Warriors way, right? Or the Steve Kerr way, the strength in numbers, the I care as much about the guy 12 as I do, you know, as uh, a star, right? I mean, Warriors fans have lamented Steve Kerr's dedication to guys who probably shouldn't even be on the team, you know, at the expense of other guys because Steve is like full bitch. Everybody's involved. This is his, this was his career. This is how he spent this years on the, on the bench. So he cares about it. And there's like a, a, a joy and a pleasure in that kind of setting, right? This is, this is Warriors basketball. This is their way. This is how they operate, which is a little bit more international than the traditional NBA of one star build around it. Uh, so you're, you're watching guys like Anthony Edwards, like Brandon Ingram, right? These guys who come from different, very ISO centered, very star centered, you know, now they're getting to the spot where, Hey man, I'm coming off the bench, but Hey, this feels kind of good. Like now I know it's like, you know, Jaron Jackson, right? Like, Hey, but this this how offense works, right? What you mean? <laughs> Paolo Bancaro can lead 21 one day, the next is Austin Reeves, and then it's Anthony Davis, and it's Brandon Ingram, right? and, and everybody's fine with that. Like, So I, I do feel like this is the best This is the best pitch. This is the way. Like This, this is Steve Kerr, and I, I think it's bigger than the words. I think Steve Kerr is becoming the Popovich of you know the next generation, right? He's the guy who's going to have all this clout. He's going to have the championships. He's going to have the gold medal. And now he's going to be looked at as one of these supreme basketball entities. Uh, I think he loves this as much as he does coaching for superstars. And like, I feel like, like I remember they went 15 to 50 and he's like, this is great, right? Like they were losing, but he's coaching and he's teaching. And there's a part of Steve Kerr that loves that. Man. Don't I'm I'm telling you right now, Sam. Don't be surprised if some of these dudes end up playing for Steve Kerr. <laughs> well, I mean, which ones are we talking about, Marcus? You know what I mean? Um I I think before you answer that, where do you think Steve's reputation is in the player community? And and all I mean by that is, you know, Pop is Pop. You know, Pop not only had his five rings, but you know, a longer runway, uh, just as an older man. Um, to for that legend to grow and you know by the time players would play for pop with team USA and it was a relatively short run um, you know there was there was no curiosity I don't think about who he was and I'm sure players who had never played for him they had to figure him out but with Steve I feel like whether it's an age thing or just a career arc thing that like I, I do wonder if you're an Anthony Edwards for example and this is going to probably segue perfectly into the next part but you're Anthony Edwards, and and it's been reported how you know Steve comes to him and talks about possibly coming off the bench, which at Team USA that's supposed to be like you know all for one, one for all. You know, uh, D Wade, guys like that. You know, that's what you do. But that Anthony Edwards, you know, had told Steve like I understand that D Wade came off the bench, but you know they had Kobe. We don't have a Kobe on this team. And Ant felt like that quote was kind of you know cited he was I think he felt bad about the way it came out but like I get his point so you're having those kind of conversations between Steve and a player like Anthony Edwards but what's the foundation if any 
uh, going in, do you think, as far as how players see him? I, I think I think you're absolutely right, and it's, it's the opposite of Pop, where, like, they only know about Steve from what they hear from the guys who played with Steve, which is really not their generation. I think the difference with Pop is he's been around for so long, there's like a whole cycle of players who come in and out of the organization, right? Like, you know, you from Well, and he Steve also, Jackson he was always Kawhi. really, he was one of those guys, he would always go to the other side of the court after the game, and you could tell oh, he yeah. knew the guys who never played for him. No, no question. And, and I think Steve is getting to the point where he's been there long enough, and now this these new guys are starting to know him. The old, the old guys know him, right? I think like Chris Paul and them, they – they know Steve. Uh, he's had that time in Phoenix as the general manager, and he's been, you know, building the Warriors. They've gone against him. So the people who've TNT gone against him, yeah, they know him. I think this next generation, this is where Team USA comes in handy because, like, like taking you back to 2020, the 2020 draft, um, you know, they work out Anthony Edwards and, you know, Steve Kerr essentially tells him, like, hey, you need to work harder. Right, like he's like, yo, you, you're good. You're obviously talented, but man, uh, you have to like if you want to be the guy you think you are. There's another level of work ethic you can get to, and you know, you know, Anthony Edwards is like, yo, he calls his trainer and he's like, yo, I, I need to step it up because I think I think what it was was Steve asked him like, can he do more? And he said he couldn't do it. He was too tired or whatever. Uh, but like that's the beginning of it, right? And now that that's they, that that's his first interaction. What are these other players? This is going to be their first interaction, right. right? With Steve Kerr, so I think he's building that, that reputation around the league. As it is, I bet you a lot of them think, like, yo, man, you coach Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, like, how good are you? But his philosophy, the way he thinks about the team, if you like, I think that's what they're going to learn. I think you're going to get that sense of what he's about that he's chill right like he's not the admiral the the militaristic style like you hear about popovich right where you're gonna do things my way right like steve is like much more uh pull you to the side and i think this anthony edwards thing where it's like and i know i'm talking about anthony edwards a lot but and steve kerr but the whole <laughs> future warrior come off anthony the edwards? yeah come off the bench and all right now steve now he's like yeah whatever I bet you Steve loved that about him. Love that he's like, you know, I wouldn't, no, I don't really feel that because that those type of things are about building a relationship. This is like, you think of Draymond and Steve, how many times they've clashed about stuff, right? right? Uh, to me, that Steve ethos as the coach is like, like, you know, it's various kind of corny and cliche, but we're in this together. We're going to lock arms. We're going to disagree, but we're together. We're going to get on the same page and we're going to go win. And I do feel like he's starting to build some of that stuff with the next generation of players, which, you know, we can talk about contract stuff. Uh, if he ends up somewhere else, that's going to be a big deal. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. Uh, yeah, what you're hitting on there, obviously, is he's going into the last year of his deal. The Warriors just went through the Bob Meyer saga that we talked about it in Seattle a little bit, just my own opinion of, like, I understand the Warriors – kind of insistence that, that that situation wasn't about money. But to me, if you go back to last summer, there was this window in time where I do think just, again, my opinion, if, if they would have blown Bob away and put, you know, um, you know, kind of F you money on the table, uh, then, then maybe that thing gets resolved. And with Steve, you have a similar kind of landscape right now where uh, going into last year. So, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, we probably shouldn't hint at that without letting you weigh in. I mean, what is your feeling on, you know, what if any concern or just kind of the perspective on that situation right now? I I think it's definitely something that's worth watching because we just watched it happen. I mean, we've seen this from players, coaches. Nobody wants to go into a lame duck year, right? Uh, unless you want free agency. I don't think Steve Kerr wants that. I think he wants to do it. He probably, you know, might get one. But if he does go into the start of the season, he doesn't have a deal. That was like, this is literally what just happened to Bob Myers. <laughs> right. right? right. Uh, and then, like, you went through the same thing with Draymond, right? Enter into an opt out year. And then you're going to have to do the same thing with Clay, who's going into free agency, right? So it's like, you could end up losing, you know, having a deal with Clay and Steve Kerr next offseason and Chris Paul, right? right. So there's, there's this. Like, yo, are you just going to lock up Steve? I mean, he's got four championships for you, right? Like, how is this going to, how, how do you not lock this dude up? And it's going to be curious because the number is just crazy now. The number is insane. Well, it's not crazy. The number is just high. Like, uh, Monty Williams changed the landscape, and now the, the coaches are getting a new level of money. So we're, we're going to see if losing Bob Myers prompted the Warriors to handle this any differently. Six years, $72 million. 
for Monty Williams to Detroit. Um, you know, I think he that contract can even get closer to eighty million, like seventy eight and a half. What did Pop um, get? That I don't know the answer to. I think Pop got eighty million. I will look that up here. But yeah, I mean the, the market has changed. Um five years. Yeah, five 80 years, million eighty million. Pop. Yeah. So the market is and that's the thing. The pop one is the one for a minute, even at Summer League in Vegas, or I guess before then, I think in the coaching world you kind of wondered if um if the money thing might they'd try to make it an outlier, you know, that that you had ownership out there just swinging farther than anybody else was going to swing. But now you got two comps. Steve Kerr's market is established. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Another offshoot of the Team USA Warriors discussion, Marcus, is, you know, again, this Team USA team is is getting their work done and they look really good. Uh, we don't know what it'll look like for the Olympics next year. Steph Curry has never been, uh, you know, to the Olympics. He's He's won a gold with FIBA World Cup. I was there for that one when he and Clay were there in Spain. Um, you know, uh, any early sense on uh, whether number 30 is going to be joining the party in Paris? Oh, I think so. If he's healthy and he's available, I think he's playing. It's yeah. the last thing on his resume. He got the finals MVP. Last thing he needed the gold medal. Right. Uh, I, but I know he wanted to. I remember in 20, what was it, 16? And remember he hurt his knee in the Houston series and he was out a couple weeks. And that was right at the time. That he that you had to like tell whether or not you were gonna commit, but he had to. But that off season, he knew like I got my knee is messed up. He was trying to make it through the playoffs, and I remember him saying like I'm not gonna be able to do it. I gotta opt out, and he just looked so disappointed. Right, like I was like, gee, what was it? Rio, 2016 might have been. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He just looked so dis. Just saying it, like he was just like. I, I mean, I, I want to. I just don't know how I'm be able to do it because he had the the the. I think it was a grade two MCL sprain, uh, and I think he's been wanting to do this for a while. Uh, just because it's like that's the experience. I know this is tampering, so we can talk about that. But like those, that's where those relationships get built, and some of these strong, strong connections happen at the Olympics, right? Like then, then, then guys get to say, "Hey, man, I want to play. I want to make this full time," right? So, I mean, the Andre Iguodala Warriors connection was birthed at the Olympics, right? Like, so. Kevin Durant. Yeah, KD. Draymond so Green. It's, yeah. It's that type of stuff. I think Steph. It is. Wants it's to be the ultimate cheat code and hack for coaches. And, and you know, and, and you hit it on the head. Like, this pod's called tampering because the league doesn't let its coaches and its executives run around and. And for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, flirt with the talent and and try to get them to come to town. But there's this ecosystem, you know, that that uh, Jerry Colangelo and that group has built where uh, those rules don't apply. Uh, and and the rest of the league just, you know, is on the outside looking in. They don't know what the conversations are like at practice. They don't know, you know, uh, kind of how those those discussions go. But, man, you get FaceTime with some of the best players in the world and uh, and who knows, you know, what it leads to. Yeah, they and they get to know you, right? As you think about this, like as an assistant, one of the most beloved people in the organizations are assistant coaches, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Because they're assistants. They don't they don't keep anybody from playing time, right? They're not responsible for any of your tough decisions. 
but they are like your support system, right? You end up building these close relationships with them. So now Ty Lue is an assistant. <laughs> He's the guy with his arm around a guy like, man, Steve's tripping. You know you should be starting, right? <laughs> and that, like, that's a relationship. So, I mean, that's what it all boils down to when it's time to sign somewhere, right? Uh, and, and a lot of these dudes are so young, right? Bancaro's young. And look, obviously Orlando is probably one of the sexy young teams to watch if you like if you like the team that's on the rise or the team that's like talented but not good yet and you want to say i was watching before orlando's one of those teams right but i mean history says he won't be there forever right <laughs> right like so right. if you're a g if you're a coach and you're like hey man oh, listen, i'm yeah. coaching yeah i'm coaching for 10 years so i i, I can if be you're patient a- if you're a coach and I'm looking at today's box score, and let's play this game. Two two things here. If you're Steve Kerr and, and you know, and you probably wouldn't love this conversation. If part of your focus was who am I gonna establish as much of a rapport with as humanly possible in this short amount of time to, you know, increase the odds of them wanting to play for me later, you know, whether it's Austin Reeves, Walker Kessler, you're talking about youth, even Jaron Jackson Jr., he's a he's a you know, now kind of a, a huge, massive part of that Grizzlies program, but he's still relatively young Super guy young, yeah yeah um you know josh hart's been around for a minute but man he's showing out and, and just you know showing his worth on that team right now uh anthony edwards top of that list i believe you know paolo probably 1a 1b um you know brandon ingram is you know got some years under his belt but but in his prime and, and kind of struggling right now but cam johnson mikhail bridges tyrese halliburton i mean he iris halliburton yeah. man, he's fitting in right now i don't know if you saw any of that game you know, he had a behind-the-back pass on the break that just reminded you again just how special he can be. Uh, it's it's an absolute kind of, you know, breeding ground for for the best of the best coming up. So so are you saying – are you saying that somebody's going to end up on the Warriors? Well, I mean, I was, but you flipped okay. it and talked about, you know, Steve maybe being elsewhere. So whatever that looks like. Let's, let's yeah, talk – Yeah, who, who knows how it works, right? Right, but if you want to, you know, focus on the Warriors, um, that this is, you know, this is that time again where they re up on Draymond. They got a choice to make on Clay. You know, Steph's locked in. Um, you know, look into your little crystal ball. What do you think? Well, I think a lot of that depends on what happens this year. To be honest, uh, I mean they've they've they're committed. I think to. A three-year run with the with the O heads, but if they go out there and look like they're washed, <laughs> I think that right. could change quick. Clay doesn't right. have Clay doesn't have a big long deal, uh, and I know Draymond got a uh, a hundred, but it's still man, it's very manageable, especially in the new you know market. Is just you know whenever these TV deals that are supposed to come and you know blow the cap up again. Like it'll be very movable. I feel like they're maneuverable. Chris Paul is easy to maneuver, so they're in position to pivot if they have to. But they're prepared to say, "All right, we're gonna give y'all one last run." So I think it's gonna come down to that, like how they look and how they manage, and then also what becomes available. You know, like I mean, if, if Giannis is on the market, I feel and they and they can pull it off. I feel like they do that in a heartbeat, no matter what's happening. So, like to me, those are the kind of elements. But like. I mean, if you're Steph Curry and just like, hey, man, I do want to play till 40 and our run is over, right? Like, 
But is there a perfect, is there a more perfect player to be next to than Anthony Edwards? <laughs> it's like, yo, and this your team, I'm with you, I'm your OG, like, but it's you now, you know, like, it's it's setting up to be kind of perfect, that's all I'm saying, I'm sorry, sure. Minnesota Timberwolves fans, <laughs> my fault, I'm sorry. I feel like we I'm should sorry. be calling John Krasinski to, you know, let him defend his people. But yes, I mean, that that is... Did, did he, when you, he signed though, right? Yeah, he signed. No, he's locked yeah, up. Yeah, he's like, well, you got the We don't have our contract situation here. Yeah, yeah, got you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's well, yeah, just more. Get... Listen, They'd be man, crazy this is, to let him go, though. Oh, man. They'd be crazy. So he, They are making him the guy. They're they're doing the right things. I mean, the Rudy move obviously didn't go well in year one, and, and he's struggling, and, and this 0-2 World Cup showing wasn't great. Whatever. We'll see how that looks. It's a little bit like the Warriors. If if Minnesota Absolutely. falls flat this, this year – and they are handicapped because they they got all that money tied in their two bigs and they can't find a way to get out of that, then yes, who knows? But, you know, that's premature. We'll talk about that down the road if, if ever. Um, you mentioned uh, Mr. Anadokounmpo, and with all due respect to his brothers, the, the best basketball player of the Anadokounmpo's, uh, Giannis, uh, he's been tied to the Warriors forever. He's not playing in World Cup because uh, of his, his knee surgery that he had. But – you know, he made news recently. Uh, Tanya Ganguly of the New York Times put out a good piece with Giannis from L.A., um, somewhat of a business-focused story where he did share perspective on basketball. And I'm going to read a quote. And, and my kind of, I guess, framing of this, Marcus, is going to be this. We have been talking about Giannis for the longest, possibly leaving Milwaukee. Partly, it, star players, that's just always part of the equation. But he won the chip there. And then um, almost immediately after he won the chip, the question was asked, I think, in the media about does that mean he's for sure never leaving or does it almost open a door for him to leave? To say, now, now I can leave, yeah. yeah. Right. And and more specific, to me at the time, uh, I probably would have gone for the latter. Like it, a franchise goes 50 years without winning it and you kinda, you're kind of you the hero and you get the job done, you owe nothing. You can walk if you want. Um, but more specifically, you know, they have an ownership change from the Mark Lazary led group to the Jimmy Haslam led group. Um, and within that, you know, Giannis is locked up on his contract, but, uh, I think the ownership stuff is, is enough when it comes to, uh, Giannis kind of having to reroute, reread the room. That's a mouthful and figure out who he is working with. And the question of, can I go win more championships? So this is the quote from Tanya's piece in the New York times talking about the fact that technically he can sign a three-year extension worth $173 million in a few weeks. Not going to because economically it makes no sense to do a deal this summer. He can make a lot more down the road. But the quote says from Giannis, the real question's not going to be this year. Number Numbers-wise, it doesn't make sense. But next year, next summer, it would make more sense for both parties. Even then, I don't know. I would not be the best version of myself if I don't know that everybody's on the same page, everybody's going for a championship, everybody's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do. And if I don't feel that, I'm not signing. Thoughts. Those are some words right there. Oh, man. And did they ever fuel the the Warriors world? <laughs> <laughs> Wishless, right? Hey, look, I remember... I might have had something to do with this, but uh, Steph threw a lob to Giannis or something in an all-star game, and that became the, they're going to play together, they're going to play together. And that right. was just like a little happy moment where they played together. 
Like this is him saying, "Yo, I'm, I might be out, right?" I mean, that's 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 just shy of the Magic Johnson. I'm not gonna be here, right? I mean, so you can imagine how this fuels that, right? Uh, this this idea. We already know him and Steph have a, a good relationship, and he respects Steph. Uh, and like there was a some post earlier where he was like they talking about where he should go, and somebody said the Warriors. And he stopped. Warriors? You said I should go to the Warriors, and you know Warriors fans eat that stuff up, right? Uh, to, to be to be honest, I think Giannis, who has said so many times, I'm not like I'm not. I don't like the hopping. I don't like the jumping around. I don't. I wonder if he backs off that for that reason, right? And ends up going somewhere else. But if Steph is 36, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they look like, hey, all right, you're not walking into a a regular championship contender, it might be a little different. I do know this though. Joe Lacob, the 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 Warriors owner, this is what he lives for. Getting players like that, landing players like that. Chase Center is like the most expensive ticket in the game. They're gonna need a superstar. Right. That that they're gonna need a superstar. So if it's possible, they're they're probably gonna try to figure out a way to do it. If it's possible, I just think Giannis might be like, man, I can't do that. I mean, Giannis, though, he's twenty eight. Birthday's in December. He'll be twenty nine. Contract wise, uh, this coming season and the following guaranteed player option twenty twenty five twenty six for fifty one point nine million. You know, we know. Like, let's let's fast forward to next summer. Uh, the Bucks don't have the finish they want. Uh, he's not loving what he's seeing when he reads the room. You're now one year out from possible free agency. You know, we know the formula. Um, not everybody does the, you know, the Ben Simmons and asked out with four years to go. Usually it's one or two. So that would be one year out. Um, you know, and that's again, like a lot of the situations we talk about, you just got to wait and see how the year goes, how he's feeling. Uh, I would argue as somebody who does feel like he's got a, a decent sense for Giannis's mentality that, the Steph thing and the idea that if he's 36 and, and he's not walking into a contender, I could almost see that being a motivating factor for Giannis because I think, you know, the idea for him of being plug and play in a place, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, like the Kevin Durant approach where you're catching Steph and Clay and Draymond in their primes and you're adding to that and the league just shrugs and says, you got to be kidding me. That I don't think is is of interest to Giannis. That's because, what he ain't gonna do. Yeah, yeah. He takes pride in in the idea that he built this thing from the ground up in Milwaukee, and even if the next stop, if there is one, isn't from the ground up, you know, something like you know, kind of being the guy who extends Steph Curry's runway and adds to his legend because of Giannis's greatness. Like I could see that for sure. Yeah, and um, it would be totally like here are the keys to the kingdom, Giannis. This is yours oh, yeah. now. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So, but he could uh, also do that in like New York or Chicago. He could. <laughs> and he, he could. He could. All right, we've effectively. But it's uh, Steph Curry. It's Steph Curry. That's I don't the thing. ever underestimate the lure of Steph Curry. I don't do it. Listen, I'll go full circle here because I will share the fact that in that incredibly entertaining debate that we had in Seattle, one of the things we did get into is the idea that Steph's magnetism and his personality and his you know inclusivity. And the way that he is wired as a human uh, continues to be underrated. The, it's not even just no drama. It's, you know, lifting other people up. It's, you know, helping other players be empowered for the way they want to compete, you know, and especially in his older age, like taking what he's learned and being more of a leader, 
those qualities uh, that, that are important when it comes to leading an organization. And, and oh, by the way, I do think should be factored in when you talk about all-time best players. Uh, those qualities matter, and they help with the recruiting. They help with the continuity and, and extending what the, this team has already done. And they help with the owner's willingness to spend money because you know you're going to get, like, top shelf effort from your star. I right. will. Can I point out for the fans why I'm, like, feverishly foaming at the mouth in my debate mode because I always wanted to be a lawyer, and I swear I'm, like, you know, some closer, <laughs> closing argument all the time. We need Sam is the camera. one who will just Sam is just the one who will just perfectly come in and place this nugget of wisdom and be like, oh, here's a persuader. Then everybody in the room like, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, that makes sense. And so I question. end up looking, I end up looking like the idiot next to his wisdom, <laughs> even though he's saying the exact same thing as me. But, but you since didn't I'm look all like rah, the idiot. Rah, 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 rah. Sam is all, well, you know, I think this and there, but I'm like. So so it was so frustrated. Like that's exactly what I just said. That's what I just said. <laughs> but he My said it like part, you know, like a wise man. So it sounded better. I'm gonna throw Jamal under the bus. My favorite part <laughs> is that every so often, you know, you'd be just on a roll talking to someone else in the group, and then Jamal would like behind your back look at me and and you know either be kind of like not rolling his eyes, but like, man, you believe, not you know, rolling like, his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> not rolling his eyes. And I'm giving him like either a thumbs up or thumbs down on whether I agree with, with that specific point that you're making. Uh, but man, that, that was a good time. Seattle. I'm going to go full circle with this. Seattle's a, a good place. Um, I was, uh, I was feeling like old's the wrong word. I ain't old, man. I've just been around for a minute, but seeing Spencer Hawes, Experience, was baby. Yeah. Like that was something like Spencer Hawes. I covered as a rookie. I remember, meeting his father for the first time, uh, Steve, and and uh, talking to his, you know, Spencer played at Washington. I remember sitting in the Kings practice facility, and his dad was like, I didn't really know Spencer's game very well. And I remember his dad telling me, like, oh, he can really pass. And, you know, it was kind of cool. He had this dad who was so excited to see his son's journey begin. Uh, that was a long time ago. Um, you know, those were those days on the beat. And to see, you know, him and see that he's doing well and, and look super healthy and, and big smile on his face was cool. Um, so again, uh, NBA in Seattle, hopefully it does happen down the road. Yeah, you had uh, the sack Seattle connection popping, huh? Sunday. I did. IT yeah. In the building. Yeah. Spencer Hall. Yeah. He was ready. Not you only that, I mean, if you, Marcus, if you asked me to make like a list of, uh, it's a weird way of putting it. Cause the Kings fans didn't enjoy that story cause they thought they were going to lose their team. But as a reporter, if you asked me to do a little power rankings of my favorite stories to cover, where it tested you and your reporting abilities, that saga is on my short list because before you know it, I'm not working a press conference or a locker room. I'm jumping into spaces that I have no familiarity with. Like I got to figure out, you know, who's Chris Hansen up in Seattle and, and who are his people yeah, and how do I yeah. get information from there? You know, what's going on with Steve Bomber? Cause obviously before he bought the Clippers, he was part of the group trying to take the Kings. Um, you know, you, you just, and you would have, because you're talking big business, billions of dollars, my phone would ring with the most random people I never heard of, you know, trying to leak information, trying to connect with you because they see you reporting on the story. And there really wasn't much, you know, the Sacramento Bee was all over it certainly, but as far as the media landscape and, and trying to compete and tell the fans on both sides what was happening, uh, it was a, a, a really memorable time for me but everything was raw because the Seattle fans 
had even way back then they were so hungry to get a team again and then they had these mixed emotions because they know better than anybody what it's like to, to what it feels like to lose your team but they obviously a lot of them just compartmentalized that and it was like all right well sorry it's not working out with you know so that was a saga um and uh, and again that was a minute ago so yeah those memories were all coming back for sure yeah i was not a part of that at all <laughs> well i told you on the in the, in the I was car covering a dynasty my right right and i was too, i was in there i was living near sacramento people would come to me and admittedly this would piss me off they'd be because you know how it is how i am with media like we we are objective we are you know, mainstream media we're not you know funded by any of these leagues or players like we're trying to cover this stuff straight and i'd have people say to me casually like well i'm sure you want the kings to stay because you live here like you know you're rooting for that side and i was like i'm not rooting for anything I'm trying to say what's going on but there was this reality like and i was kidding with you yesterday like if if they moved i might have to you know pick up shop and, and go back to my roots in the bay come down that way because i wouldn't have an nba team here but uh let's go baby albador valley's finest they need to uh, know you from the east bay Pleasant i know the sacramento stuff is your thing but you rock with us you know what i'm saying baby i'm gonna read marcus thompson in the in the contra costa times back people don't know we covered high school sports at the same time did we ever cover a game together i don't know if i don't think we did uh no not arco right state championships oh that makes sense yeah but I legit used to, now we're getting corny. I used to read you like, you know, you're competitive. You, you would look around like who else is covering high school. And then there was something nostalgic about the fact that you were writing in my hometown newspaper. The Valley times was the regional yes, baby. Of, of the CC time. I mean, that's, that's what was on my doorstep every single morning. Like who's this Marcus Thompson guy who's all over the place. He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I was nice back then. You see me. <laughs> I, I remember them days. That's funny. Gabrielle right, brother. Union told me her mom read the read the Valley, read me in the Valley Times too. I was like, who said that? Gabrielle Union. She's oh, like, nice. my mom reads you in the. You're, she what reads you in the Valley rock. Times. I've told right? you off air. I, I still never met Gabrielle. Foothill rivals. One of these days, we'll connect. Say hello. Have a few few P town conversations. Yes. Just in the moment you mentioned Pleasanton, like she's already just the most down to earth person in the world you can talk to. But watch yeah. when you mention Pleasanton. She's like. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You'll be in there. All right, my friend. Appreciate the time. Appreciate the convo. And everybody listening, good to be back. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, baseball fans. This is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.